Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 21 of the Urban Homesteading UK podcast. Hello, Mike, how are you doing? All right. <laughs> and I'm your host, Alan. Nice to speak to you. I hope everyone's like, doing all right out there, enjoying the sunshine like we have been. How have you been doing, Mike? You all right? I, I, do you know what? I am doing all right. Yeah. And the sun helps, doesn't it? It does not make a difference, I've got to say. It does make a difference, but I, it, I, get, I guarantee within a week, people have began to too hot. It's too hot. People are already doing it. It's too hot. It's too hot. I need some rain for the plants. Uh, It's too hot. But no, it's lovely to actually finally have some settled heat. Even though we have still had some rain, we had one or two particularly very uh, heavy rainy days, but I felt that that was just such a nice thing because it meant I didn't have to go and water the allotment. And then I had that perfect combination of sunshine and showers. And really, that's what I would just like all the time. Yeah, Yeah. I'd say I could take the warm sunshine now to the end of August. Nice long run of it, and then it can rain. No, you could, you should move to California, bruv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be thin there as well. Yeah, no, <laughs> the size of a house. <laughs> yeah, but you could be running like a kombucha homestead or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Figure something out. Defo, yeah. defo. But no, it's been. Um, we have had since we spoke last to people. We have had a settled run of weather. We did have a, you know. It was cold and wet for so long, and I know we spoke about that, and that had really hindered the growth of a lot of crops. Mm. Certainly, I felt that, yeah. you know, um, and everything had just sort of stayed still for so long. And then this last maybe 10 days, there's been a marked increase in the heat yeah. and the sunshine literally has made the difference. The, yeah. the, the light levels. Yeah. Um, so much so now that I've probably, I've had to put some shading up in my greenhouse because mm. things are getting too direct fried, you know. I've been there already this year. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to lose any more. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah. It's not been a. It's not been all without stress, mm. but it, it does make a big difference, and it makes a difference to the time you can get outside and do things. And uh, mm. I know that people don't mind working outdoors in all weathers, but it does become a lot easier to do some things, of which I'll talk about later. It becomes easier to do some things when it's nice weather. Yeah, absolutely. So, what you been up to, mate? Um, well, I've been I've been really busy. That's why we've got quite a quick turnaround on this one. I've got a, bit, a fair bit to talk about, really. It, it's been a, obviously with the sunshine, I've, I'm very much, you know, I was talking before about being a bit of a fair weather gardener, mm. and that's the truth. So I've been out and about in the sunshine a lot. Um, been looking to try and get the allotment sorted out, so just planting out and just keeping on top of things really. You know, like I've sown loads of seeds. Um, yeah. I've got loads of things now that have germinated, and it's about managing those plants, isn't it? So what do those plants need? Do they need to be indoors? Do they need to be outdoors? Yeah. Do they need staking? Do they need tying in? Do they need potting on? Do they need... You know, pinching out whatever it might be for various different. There is it is that time now where you look around and there are jobs everywhere. Yeah, and you know, with your finite resource of time, which everyone has got a finite resource of time. Yeah, some things have to wait a bit longer than they would normally, and you know, those plants are getting a little bit pot bound. But I'll try and get through. You know, and you have to prioritise, don't you? Absolutely. Maybe as as homesteaders or urban homesteaders, the act of prioritising is quite important. You know, it's not anything we've really spoke about. It, but, I suppose no, yeah, I suppose not. But making yeah. making and making links between what you have to do now and what you can get away with not doing now. It's yeah, like yeah, a really yeah. massive thing, isn't it? You yeah, know, and I, and I think for me, a lot of that's about trying to figure out which crops I actually really want. The yeah, most. I think like, there's yeah. definitely an element of it's that. Like, oh, they'll, they'll be all right if I don't get any of those. I'll, I'll live it's not it. too but, bad. But if I don't get any tomatoes, man, yeah, that's bad. Bad news, brown. Isn't so, it? Yeah, so I've been I've been doing a lot of that. So like, um, I've, I've been away for a couple of days, so I'd like to talk a little bit about that as well a bit mm-hmm. later on. But. Um, like I've been staking my tomatoes up, tying yep. those in, trying to find some space for them because there's always I've sown too many. So well, you gave me a load, <laughs> yeah. and I've got those in, but it literally came down to it, and I'm like, I've got these four 
Harbringer, is that what they're yeah. called? That particular oh, Harbringer salad tomatoes, and it's like they're in they're in little three inch pots or something, mm. two inch pots, and it's like all I've got is flower buckets. Yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah, so they're gonna go in them, and that's it. That's yeah. what I've got. I'm yeah. gonna have to water them and feed them like Billy yeah. for the yeah. next three months. But I grow mine months. in ten liter pots. Yeah, I don't think a flower bucket's quite ten liters, is it? Do I you don't reckon? Know. Not sure. It's probably not that far no, off, is it? I'm in 10 litre pots these days. Okay, well... It does require a pretty good feeding and watering regime. Well, they'll, they'll go in the greenhouse. They'll be indoors. Because yeah. yeah. I haven't really got space for them outdoors. Mm. So they're going to go in the greenhouse on mm. the greenhouse floor next to my chilies. And mm. I've staked them up to probably five foot high. Yeah. And I'll just tie them in and see what comes about. But mm. um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean about the tomato thing. But I mm. don't do it in quite the same numbers as you. <laughs> but then again, nor does Heinz. <laughs> They don't know tomatoes. <laughs> I'm not sure they do. Um, so yes. Yeah, so How I many think, tomatoes have you got? Do you reckon? I reckon you've got oh, nine, ninety. Well, I planned. I planned to do twenty-four in the greenhouses at home. Yeah. And then another twenty-four at the allotment. Right. And I've ended up with a lot more than that. Oh right. So you're looking at probably about seventy-five. Oh, yeah. It's not as many as I did. I had about ninety. Yeah, you had a lot, yeah, didn't you? Um, so that's probably documented somewhere in an episode last year. I, I did have a fair few. Yeah. I did try to cut back a bit this year. But a bit like you, I had a few that were fried on the windowsill, early doors. You know, they came up and then we had a nice hot end of March. We had that one just, day where it was just, just belting hot, yeah, wasn't it? just blasted everything. Um, so that was a bit of a problem. So I sold some more, as you do. And then and then I've lost some labels on some, as you do. And I, yeah. So I sold some more. What are you saying? Sure. I might not have our bringer. No, no, come, no. no their label, mate. What's label. Cocktail Crush? <laughs> oh, it's a little cherry tomorrow. Oh, that, which I thought you'd like. Uh, 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 trailing or standard? Uh, like upright. upright ones. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Cool. I prefer um, cherry tomatoes. Yeah, I knew that's why I put one in there for They you. ripen quicker, I reckon. Oh, makes sense if they did. That's it? what I mean. Yeah. I think they do. I think they do. I mean, obviously, having some variety is better, but yeah. I do like the I like the cherry tomatoes. Yeah. I think they're just they're so handy, aren't they? Yeah. Did I give you a sweet million as well? I've got a sweet million. Yeah. I've got a cocktail crush, and you gave me some of those Harbinger, which yeah. I've never grown. I really like Harbinger. And then myself, I'm doing Garden Pearl. Yeah. I'm doing yellow tumbling mm-hmm. and red tumbling. Okay. And one more. There's one more in there. I think there's one either a San Marzano mm. or some something Italian. What's the other? Roma. Roma. Might be a Roma. Yeah. I just had some seeds and yeah. I rang them in. So but my I do mine in um bottomless pots sunk into grow bags yeah. as you know yeah. and I will get a picture for people to yeah. see how I do them because I don't know if anyone else does that I'm sure people I've do I've done it in the past yeah. like um, elevated yeah so the pot sits on top of the grow bag yeah? that's it yeah. but the grow bag is not on the floor oh, okay, it's no, on no. a shelf okay, no, and then my no, tomatoes no. are cascading yeah, okay. down over the edges yeah. and I can get four yeah. in a grow bag yeah. which then just I mean to be fair it's too many tomatoes at once but I tried to stagger a bit, but I can't sorry, tell you, you just no, do it. I'm sorry, I'm not often going to tell you that you're wrong, but you're mm. wrong. There's no such thing as too many tomatoes at once. Well, that's because you've got a dehydrator and a canner. <laughs> yeah, 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 I do yeah, not yeah, have yeah, those. Yeah. I have got a freezer. Yeah, and that I is do. It. But, yeah. but, and that is <laughs> what we do. But yeah. I haven't actually grown yellow tomatoes ever. I have, and I didn't like it. Really? Because I struggled to know when they were ripe. Well, you eat them. Well, yeah, but... Yeah. But... Well, did I get a sun gold? Maybe I got sun gold, okay. which is a kind of yeah, halfway one. house. Yeah. I thought it was a yellow tumbler. Anyway, I'll have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of those I grew from seed, but you gave me some, and I bought two yeah. um, to start a plants from yeah. from a gate, um, just because you know maybe maybe you have to get past that kind of. Pro- it would be lovely to grow everything from seed, but if I've grown something from seed and it's like one inch high, and then I walk past something and it's 
30p and it's looking really lovely and healthy I'm getting that because yeah. it's just going to get my season going a bit yeah. better especially the way you were at this year as well being a bit behind yeah and I'm very behind with a few things so it's been really important so you know with tomatoes go back to that whole priority thing it is sometimes you have to put aside things that you might want to do for things that you might have to do and there's yeah. an element of that isn't it certainly if you want tomatoes which I do well I was I was I had some of those Tesco's crates laying around empty yesterday yeah I had some tomatoes that didn't have any big pots to go in so uh, you use that problem solved itself. Well, my <laughs> Tesco delivery man <laughs> yeah. did say to me on the way up to bike, because if yeah. you don't know, around my carport, I'm sure I've spoken yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. There's 10 now. Yeah. And he went, you got a lot of Tesco crates. And I sort of looked at him and I went, do you want them back? And he went, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, but that is the best use I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, where, 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 where else do people yeah. use them for? And he went, well, my mum uses them for moving stuff. And she said, I've got one bloke who uses them to make lobster pots. Oh, literally, literally. So he puts two together. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Two together and then makes like a funnel out of mesh and then like puts them in. But you could probably do crayfish, couldn't you as well? Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was quite good. But what was nice is that he could see that, you know, I I was using them and he didn't want it back. That would have been a nightmare. Yes, I do. (laughs) They they essentially form a raised bed for me. Yeah. So I've got a, a row of half pallets running around the side of my carport and they're sitting on those. 10 together and when I look at our, the volume of the soil mm. there's actually quite a lot of soil there it's about 50 litres of soil yeah because I was filling it up from 50 litres it's more than that more than 50 litres no, of compost no it's w- way more than that yeah. so one bag of compost does about two crates mate seriously oh, well different compost to what I was using yesterday well I didn't buy my compost let me put okay, that in there, right, out there right. so what I did is I filled mine with well rotted manure yeah. and then I just top dressed it with maybe about five okay. bags yeah. but I might have bartered those bags for something yeah. else you wow, know nice. and so you know it's about making use of opportunities yeah. to try and fill them with soil it would have it would have been too much money for me well I, I so I've been doing a bit of work at the allotment this over half well, a holiday with them instead of a week off yeah, yeah. Um, and so I've been been working at the allotment and I was like I need some compost right and I kind of need it now so did you just buy I it I bought some and yeah. I was going to buy it in the bags and I said to you well, yeah you were going to buy a bulk load of bags and then I went down to the garden centre and I normally use where they normally have this really good deal and they didn't have it and in fact they didn't have any comp- multi-purpose compost at all well I noticed that in my local garden centre they were using some brands I'd never heard yeah, of so I, think, I think that maybe a lot of people have decided again yeah. not going away this year yeah. let's get the garden looking back yeah. in yeah. and perhaps compost is not as easy to come by well, some fellow was advertising on Facebook for 65 quid for a bulk bag so oh, that's I've solid. two of those I have one for the lot and one for home wow what just delivered like in a yeah, tonne sack just delivered in a tonne sack yeah. that's a good bargain it's a good, it a good price around here anyway um, so I've, I've done that and I top dressed some of the allotment with it and then yeah. obviously I've had well I've had some delivered at home the plan was actually for me to use some of it for potting and then to mulch the garden with it and just then, use it all already it's all <laughs> <of> tomatoes pretty <laughs> much bless you but you know I'll have lots of tomatoes that's all so good. one tomato in a crate one tomato in a crate okay um, and I've just got them laying up against my back fence which is south facing yeah um, and I'll have to water that a lot but it should grow really good tomatoes so I've got in mind if we're going to go on to those, because this is what I have been doing, is um, I, I, I've put dwarf beans in them. Okay, yeah. And I've got six in each one. Yeah. And I've done four of those. But then what I've done is I've sown... They were plants that I'd already started. Yeah. And then I've sown another four. Yeah. So they've got... Um, see, hopefully for some succession. Yeah. But what was really nice is that those hooped row covers mm. fit perfectly over... 
the whole bed. Oh wow! Okay. They just they yeah. just they just because they're wired. You can alter yeah. the size slightly. Yeah. But by doing that, it just takes away a lot of the problems of, of having anything not starting because yeah. of um, crop damage. You know, yes. like not many things actually eat French beans. Maybe the slugs at the beginning. Yeah, the slugs were at the beginning. Yeah. But having them up off the ground has made a massive difference. Mm. So that's eight of them are down to beans. Yeah. Um, and then I've got two left which haven't got anything in yet. Mm. Um, and I was going to try and do some carrots in one to see if they would grow. Yeah. Because if they will, I've seen people successfully overwintering, grow, growing overwinter carrots in a greenhouse, a cold greenhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the borders. Yeah. I think, uh, do you know what? It was actually even on Gardener's World this week, which we yeah, never referred to, but I literally yeah. saw it for the first time. Yeah. yeah, someone was digging their carrots out of their beds from yeah. inside their greenhouse. And when they dug the soil out, it looked exactly about the same depth. So I thought maybe... You know, with the staging I've got, I could mm. probably get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Probably get ten in my greenhouse. That's a lot of carrots, mate. That's a lot of carrots. And, and I'd be eating them now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about overwintering carrots, but I thought worth a try. It's why it's what they do, isn't it? It's why you can get carrots all year round because they they cover them, don't they? So you get layers. They cut the green off. Layer of oh, straw right. and then they black plastic over the whole lot. So when you're driving out and you see a field of black plastic, yeah, that's what it is. Chances are it's carrots underneath. So what yeah. about? So they're not fully grown though, are they? I think they are more or less, yeah. Oh, the, I, carrots are biennials, aren't they? They so are. They grow and then they flower the second year. I don't, all right, I'll have to do some research on that because my understanding of what I was watching was that these had been started right, and then continued. Well, I've, you, could, you can sow them right up to September. That's what I mean. So potentially you're, that's a late sowing for the following year. But, yeah, yeah, but they must bulk up when they get ready because from September to December you ain't going to get a lot of growth, are you? No. So then something must happen the next bit. So whether it's that they're ready to kick on. Yeah. And then maybe then they throw up. A f- okay. Who knows? Be worth a trial. Yeah. Maybe a trial. Because as we know, I'm a bit obsessed by carrots. Yeah. You've got your tomatoes. Yeah. I'm a roots man, and I, yeah. let's be honest. So you've, so you've got your dwarf beans. I've done some dwarf beans. So I've done dwarf beans. I made a decision not to grow cucumbers outdoors because right. of how much space they take up. Yeah. And then I'm looking at that and thinking, you know, I could put up two climbing frames here for cucumbers and I like cucumbers don't get me wrong mm. but I could probably do them I can probably find a bit of wall or a bit of trellis or something mm. I'm not that worried because what I could do in place of it is do a big massive uh, tripod or um, octopod because there's eight yeah. Yeah. of climbing French beans mm-hmm. which I actually think I'll get a better return Yeah, um, and they take longer to get up there so I'm hoping the dwarf beans will come first yeah. and then the climbing beans will come after that yeah. and I missed growing Climbing beans, you know, mm. because I, I love the fact of them being so fresh and going out. Oh, and they're, they're so good. They're so versatile yeah. as well. And I went with Cobra because they're the yeah. best. Yeah. Um, and I think what I might do next year is those eight uh, or ten, I could get ten of those. Yeah. I might do the Dwarf Borlotta in all of yeah. those. Yeah. Because I've seen those now. The Lingua yeah. de Fuca, the yeah. Fire Tongue Bean. Yeah. And I thought, well, that would be a really nice thing to do in those beds because yeah. you don't actually do anything to them, do you? No. Just water them and feed them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but then, right. but then you can leave them on there to dry yeah. and then just take them off yeah. on a nice day. And I reckon, you know, how many plants are we talking there? Sixty plants. That's quite a lot of beans, isn't it? That is. We, well, we know that's a lot of beans. We've, we've sown that. I meant, I meant on a dwarf. But you get quite yeah. a good return off a yeah. dwarf bean, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it's not quite the same, but no. 60 plants of red fire-tongue bean, yeah. that's probably my fire-tongue beans. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd, so I might try that next year. Yeah, and, know. you know, I'm thinking about that. Yeah. At home in a long, low bed, yeah. it's quite a good use of it. Well, I've, I've done my plumbing beans at the allotment now. I've done two wigwams, 12 each. 
Yeah, so I did the 12 plants, which are about... 12 poles? 12 poles. How many plants do you put per pole? I put, I put one plant mm. and one seed. Oh, okay. So I don't feel bad now. I put two in. Yeah. Because that's what I had. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to put them in and see what happens. Yeah. And I could have gone for successional sowing, but yeah. I thought I'm probably not going to be that bad for beans looking at how many yeah. plants I've got in and around the place. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I've done I've done twelve cobra, twelve blue lake, and I had to I always like to put another bean in so you get a bit of succession. Yeah. And I could do that, but I don't think I'll get three around one pole. No. No, so probably two's enough, isn't it? Depends how wide your gram is, but yeah. Not that wide. Not that wide. Probably one twenty yeah. centimetres. Yeah, okay. Maybe two, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, and you, I'll put my, like, like the beds I've been showing you. I'll show, mm. I'll put put something out, mm. and then literally two courgettes in the ground. Yeah, one in a massive pot. I've got this pot which is like a bird. You know, I mean, it's like a bath. You could get in it and have so, a bath. So you got a wigwam. Where do you put the courgette? The courgettes are in the same bed. Yeah, but out on the south face okay. of it. Right. So. So they're just they're, they're two feet away from it. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to grow through it or nothing like yeah. that. I'm not trying any of that business. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of that one bed, yeah, it's the light though, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it's never worked well when I've done it before. To be fair. No. So I just you know, and, and I need courgettes in my life. Yeah. I can't afford for them not to grow. Again, can't have too many courgettes. No. Um, and so in that one bed, I've got the two courgette plants. I've got the climbing beans, and then I've also got the mange two, which are in a like a netted yeah. frame yeah. Um, and I have successionally sowed those they're up now about maybe 18 inches they're shooting up they're really going for it and I know that I'll get a good return off those yeah. what I will have to decide is that in about a month's time I should re-sow yeah. so that when they are finished I will have plugs to plant out okay, yeah, yeah. Right? or use the luxury of a netted um frame which is not that big it's probably a meter by 120 it's not very big you know once you're in there yeah. i'm not going to get loads of brassicas in there is what i'm saying yeah but i have got the opportunity in there to grow maybe six winter cabbages knowing that they're not going to get attacked by cabbages so yeah. i'll have to make a decision at that point of yeah. what my priority is going yeah, back to yeah, where yeah. we're at yeah. you know and what do i want to do but I, I you know i'm gonna have a long think about that i haven't quite got that mm. to, to plan because it might be that i've had enough ones too by then yeah, maybe. I'd be surprised because they are such, again, versatile, aren't they? It's, you know, I love them. Ground to four sides. I love you them. You can eat them raw as they are. You can chuck them in the salad. You can cook them as much too. Yeah, I love so, them. They don't even get indoors anymore. Even, you can even eat the leaves, mate. Yeah, they're lovely, <laughs> yeah, the pea shoots. The pea shoots and that. So that's, um, been, that's what's been going on with regards to... Because these things are really fluid and have re- had to really change because I had a setback on other things and then I lost some other things. So you prioritise, don't you? Mm. And so the, what's going on in the greenhouse is that I would say my tomato production is going to be a bit less. Okay. But I've grown four sweet pepper plants this oh, year. Okay. I've, I've done them once and, and they were all right. I've got a few off them. Mm. But again, they're in um, flower pots. You know, like... When I say flower pots, what I mean is bouquet flowers that you buy in a shop oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay that's what i'm talking yeah. about um yeah. i got i picked up about 20 of them from asda for nothing you know when they have their flowers to, chuck them out, yeah, yeah yeah it's mad isn't it yeah. so i've got some sweet peppers which i've never i've you know i've had some success with them but i thought i'd try and maybe do a few mm. and get the peppers and the tomatoes and the onions going that's mm. that's what i'm going for with that vibe and then i'm and then where i would normally grow like four or five chilies i've just grown two because yeah. they take up quite a bit of space yeah and i never eat them all well, no, I've still got some in the freezer. I've never, ever eaten them all. So yeah. it's too many. Yeah. So what, what I'm, I'm trying to make some decisions based on 
what I know. Yeah. How many chilies my family eat. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's lovely having them all hanging up and yeah. chili. I know you have you pick all yours, though, don't you? Do I, some... I, I, the problem I have is that I like the chilies, but I like, I like them fresh. So I dried a load last year, I froze a load last yeah. year. I've still got loads of those left. Yeah. Because actually what I want is the fresh ones to pickle. Yeah. The, do the quick pickle that yeah. I do. But also for fresh in sauces and then Yeah, so and I don't really flavor. Yeah, and I don't really use right. them for that. I like them in the more soups and stews going forward yeah. or, you know, things like that. Or just to put in when you're stir frying and have yeah. a bit of zip in there, you know what I mean? But I don't I don't I probably don't eat as much spicy food as you. No, probably not. probably not. No, but so 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 in terms of growing, so you've got the chilies in, you've got some sweet peppers in. Be interested to see how they come out because I've done that in the past, and the sweet pepper's been like you know not big enough to worry about. I've I've chosen a smaller one. Okay. So it's not going to get huge. Yeah. But it's supposed to be far more productive. So okay. you know, lots of little. Because okay. because the other thing is, I don't like when you go in the fridge and it's half a pepper. It's always yeah. limp and mangy. Yeah. So I just want one pepper, bang, do the yeah. whole lot, and it goes. And if you want two, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, don't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they, they were an F1 and I hardly ever buy F1 seeds, you know, which are supposed to be really productive. But yeah. I think I, I just saw them and I thought, you know, I'm going to give, give them a whirl. Yeah. yeah so that's what's indoors. The other beds at my tiny home allotment, one of them's just growing kale now. And I'd like to pretend that's for me, but it's for the tortoise. Outrageous. But I will be nicking it. Don't you worry. <laughs> I've got overwintering onions in a square bed. Yeah. That bed doesn't get as much light as the others. The overwintering onions are okay. Mm. I'll, they'll, get, they'll get to a stage where I'll just dig them up and eat them, whether they're green, John yeah. spring onions, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But then I might need to think about what I want to put there, knowing that that bed doesn't get an awful lot of light. Yeah. So I might need to think about something which is perhaps lettuce, mm. something which is a bit more shade tolerant mm. or needy. Um, so lettuce is a good shout. I've moved my lettuce in the window boxes and into the shade now. Yeah. Right? So hot. And and I could um, I could do that, or I could cut my hedge down <laughs> so that there's more sunlight on the bed. <laughs> Why was that not been mentioned before? That's, that's the solution. Because because there's a field behind my house which yeah. people walk in, and so oh, I like okay. the privacy. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so it's one or the other. Yeah. So that I've got a whole bed of lettuce as well, which has got beetroot, lettuce, Lola Rosso, Tom Fum, Little Gem. And yeah. rocket and parsley. That's yeah, that's that's done. And spring onions, that's done. And then in the middle bed, I just decided I know what I like to eat. So, so, so the whole bed of carrots, half a bed of carrots, <laughs> and you gave me a load of grey and cabbage, mm. and they're in there under the net, and they are looking really good. Yeah. And the idea is with those is that I'm going to pick, I'm going to commit infanticide on some of those. Yeah. I'm going to pick them really young. Yeah. It's five in a row. I'm going to take the two middle, the the, the second and the fourth out, yeah. and then let them grow up. Yeah. But again, they'll be out by the end of summer. Mm. So what can I have? Do you see where I'm going with it? Yeah, well, I think that's probably a topic for, for certainly for next time, when yeah. you're starting to succession. get into, into wanting to sow some of those things, a succession yeah. of sowing. Well, I know that I'd want chard in there yeah. to then be ready for February, March, April. Yeah. And, and that's half a bit of chard. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a good number. Yeah. You know, but every time I come round to March... I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, it's yeah. bad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And where, when I've got other things, it's not my go-to vegetable. No. But that, oh, it's just nothing like looking out and seeing some green all over winter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how I many it's made of some stuff that charge. Oh, it's, it's like, like it's like, it's yeah. like, come on, give me the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating kale, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I've sown some kale. I've got some nice kale plants, but I'm still managing my greenhouse at the minute just because I just because of time commitments. Yeah. You know, I've been I've been working a lot of the lot when I put up the last couple of uh, the. Uh, the cages that I've been doing, I've asked for some more poles actually. If you could, 
That's I'm awesome. up there on Wednesday. Be much appreciated if it's possible. Um, just so I can finish off a couple more um, cages. Mm-hmm. Been netting those round, and, and I've got some more cabbages out. Lots of Brussels sprouts in now. Yeah, good. Nice. The cabbages that I did earlier in the year are looking so good. And the parsnips I've done in between are looking are so good. Are they the greyhounds? I've got greyhound and I've got the golden acre two or primo variety. Okay. Yeah, I think I might have I've a bit of both yeah, actually. You did, yeah, some of these. So I've done, I think I've done 16 in a bed, my big five, my five by five beds. And then I've got parsnips in between some of the rows there. And I'm going to do something similar with these other ones I've got coming through. I've got some more coming. I put. Um, I got rid of my garlic because one of the beds of garlic had failed. You said it was rubbish. It was rubbish. just a waste of space. I, so. I took it out and I ate it yesterday. Nice. <laughs> so, That's what you do, don't it? So it was only little, but I, I I roasted it with roast beef yesterday, which was nice. So I saved wasting it, and then I put that over to more cabbages, just because we'll eat them. You know, we've got them. We'll eat that them. is what. It, yeah. More and more as I'm going forward, mate, it's like I want stuff that we're going to eat, and I want enough of it. Yeah. I don't want a little one cabbage here and yeah. this that there and all that you know I want to grow in blocks and then yeah it might mean for a couple of weeks we're eating that veg because yeah. that's what's ready but that's yeah. what seasonal eating is but but yeah and I'm looking at it I'm going well I've got one that I can cook up that will cook up nice yeah. I've got one that will shred really nice yeah, so between the two man. things yeah. I should have plenty of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah plenty of cabbage uh, I've got about I don't know 20 or so of each maybe lovely about that, <laughs> about that. Um, and so I've done that I've put, started putting my sweet corn out I had some sweet corn that was getting big yeah. so I planted that out I've got some more coming along so I, again successional sign of that so it's not already at once that does all come a bit at once it does it? a bit yeah I love it though mate my, my peas have gone like oh trees. hello mate the old buddies are out oh, yeah. look at him oh mate no, a little, did you miss that one down there that little tiny one I look. can't see mate he ain't that small no he's good bad material <laughs> that one over there is a tiddler though <laughs> Oh, look how beautiful oh, yeah. they are. Bunny watch. Bunny I'll, watch try, I'll try and get out to take a yeah. photo because we sit yeah. here in this little studio yeah. taking... Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, my peas and beans have just shot up. Are you going proper peas? Oh, no, no, my mum's two peas. The Oregon shooter pod. Yeah, yeah. So that's shot up. I had to, I had to stake those the peas because I'd only half done the pea sticks. Right. Ran out of sticks. So I just had to do what I had in the end, just yeah. cane, short canes. So yeah, yeah. Do it. They get to about four foot, don't they? Yeah, two. yeah, three or four foot. So it'll be, it'll be what it'll be. They're a bit tangled and stuff. But we'll see. Send the kids in, mate. Yes. Send the kids oh, in yeah. to get them. I don't care. No, they love it. And then I've got a succession of those on in one of the other beds. And raw beans coming up nice. And the compost is going really well. And it's really warm. And that's really working. Everything is starting to kick in. So, yeah. so you're not growing any veg at home at all. I've got your salad. You said got my, I've got some salad. I keep salads at home a little bit, but I've done a lot of that the allotment this year. As it turned oh, out. really? Yeah, I, I, I was going. I'd done a bit. I left the bed over to leeks, right? And I was like, well, I don't need that bed for the leeks until right. probably July or August. No, not when not, I put the leeks in their yeah. final growing position. Um, so another thing I did yesterday was I, I pricked out the leeks that I did have at home into the Tesco crates. Good lad. Full of the compost. I'll yeah. show you yours. You can show me yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, they look a bit bit sorry for themselves at the minute, but they'll be all right. Yeah, they'll be good as um, gold in there. So the saying about those, I mean, the other thing with the leeks is that you can ram them in a bit, but I don't plant, I don't fill the the crate to the top. I leave about four inches, and yeah. a little bit of shelter from yeah. the wind does yeah. help with leeks, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, it just holds them up and that, yeah. and. Um, they, they do send down a massive root though mm. and I know that a lot of people trim their leeks when they put them in but I've, I, I've never found that necessary yeah, and probably. all that all that it's kind of stuff dibbing in or whatever it is just bang them in isn't it? Yeah. That's what we've always done. Just bang them in they seem to grow alright if they can they will won't they? Um, so yeah I've done that well, I've got a big weekend of planting out coming up okay. this weekend Saturday afternoon I'm going to have to get out there and I'm going to have to plant right. 
everything. Right, okay. Because I just didn't get around to it. I was, you know, shoveling soil and building cages. We've both been, you've done massive work up there and I know that, I know that you'll probably reap the benefits, especially if you bought that soil in, you'll reap the benefits going forward. That was the point really, is Did you get any farmyard manure? Have you compost? What's interesting, I did did one bed because I went down to get some compost last, well, in the last month to Mm. dress one of the beds and I couldn't get any compost. Which is part of the reason that prompted me to get this other stuff. Yeah. I bought farm farmyard manure, well rotted farmyard manure yeah. around there, um, which was it was more than I'd like to pay for it, but it was there and it was ready to go. Yeah. I was just like, do Gosh, that, bang yeah, it. Just have it. Peas need to go in, so I'll put the peas into that. So we'll see what happens. I bet they're going like Billy, yeah. Well, they're not yet, but I reckon they will. They will, yeah. yeah. They will, if it's well rotted enough. So I'm my allotment obviously is not on the same scale as yours, it's only a half, but I do feel like I'm slowly getting to grips with it and. Um, I know that I'll probably still have to. I've got one bed which I won't make. It yeah. won't. It won't get done. Yeah. But what I am doing is all my green waste is going onto it at the moment. Oh, yeah. So I built the framework for the bed, and then everything's just going in it. All the green waste, everything's going in it, and then the odd bits of soil. And yeah. when you, you know, if you've got stuff in pots and it haven't taken, I just shake it in there, and, and then hopefully then next year it'll be you know ready to plant stuff in. I'll probably still have to put some farmyard manure in it well rotted stuff or some of that soil improver that I can get hold of but the beds themselves are starting to fill up obviously the two beds of spuds mm. look they're up you know yeah. they're looking good um, and then I've got two more big beds which are like 3.8 metres by you know two, one one and a half metres they're quite yeah. big beds yeah. and then the other ones that I've done up one of those I planted all my sweet corn out okay in a block and, you know, I'll probably put it a bit close together, but I thought, you know, I've got these plants, I'm going to whack them in and see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. So they're in, and um, one of those beds will be for leeks. Because, mm. um, again, it's another thing. And then I will try and do my swedes, man. I'm mm. going to try and have a go at these okay. swedes. I have sown swedes. I don't know how good they are at transplanting, you know, moving once mm. they're up. Root vegetables are not yeah. typically. Not, but... They're a brassica, so it's a kind of yeah. a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you... I think with all these things, if you keep it wet and warm enough, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. It's but it's not too late to sow sweets. No, you can do them, and they'll yeah. probably be okay. Yeah. And and I was just thinking, you know, we, I've given a lot of people advice about what and when. I don't want to get to winter and not have a lot. Yeah. You know, so I want yeah. something there. Yeah. Whether it's chard and leeks, um, because I'm aware I haven't done any parsnips this year and yeah. I think going forward having a bed of parsnips and swedes is actually what I'd want where you yeah. can just go out on a Sunday get your two or three parsnips and your swede and bring them home for your roast dinner and stuff like that so well, I was looking at my plan the other week and I sort of looked at it and I put like literally three Brussels sprouts plants on there and I hold maybe six or something mm. not very many anyway because I've always grown them and, and just been like oh it's got such a lot of space yeah it is isn't it but then I was looking at the plan and going yeah but that's going to come out in August, that's coming out early September. Yeah, that should be out in July. Yeah, so it's what three or four beds that could potentially be empty. Yeah, there's no harm in sowing a whole load of extra Brussels sprouts. No, even if, even if what I end up doing is feeding them to the chickens. Yeah. So at the moment they're sitting in the in the greenhouse. I've planted some out. I need a few more to go in that bed because they've got to be under cover though, haven't they? What's so, that? Brass, brass, oh yeah, but they're in the big fruit cages. I know yours see. are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking yeah. that you see one of the problems <clears> I have at home for successional growing is that. Because of the position of the garden, which is north on the north side of the house, but mm. away from the house, mm. in the summer now it's fine. It's it's it's, it's in sun and everything yeah. like that. But as the season goes on, the daylight hours get much shorter. Yeah. So for me, I, I can't really grow a lot at home. Yeah. I reckon I'd get away with chard in that end bed. Yeah, you would. Yeah. 
because it's sun, you know. Yeah. But the two top beds, it's too cold, you know. Yeah. It, it's good. It, it works out well for the salad because they're in shade for yeah, yeah. a lot of it. But I don't think I would get much to go through the winter. Have you tried the Carolinero in there? No, but I could try them. nails as well. Yeah, that don't care, does it? No. But, it, I mean, they will get no light for about six months. Yeah. But what I have got now, though, is I've got allotment, which is yeah. sun all the time. Yeah. But I, have got an, I haven't got any nets there. I haven't put any netted I'm cases on you. My old net that I'm not going to use then. Oh, that black? Cause, yeah, because yeah. you can sort through that. I mean, it's not in great nick, but some of it... No, no, no. Be. And I'll, I'll find something and I'll either make some hooped ones. I like things that I can leave up and then take off and then put yeah, back on yeah. and, you know, and that are easy to manage. And, yeah. um, and you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to make some stuff out of bits of... Um, Kind of two by two by one or two by yeah. two, and and I'll just like to make some row covers for cabbages, yeah. really, because I can put them in and know that once they're in through the winter, they're going to be pretty solid, yeah, and they can just sit there. And it would be nice to have some winter cabbage. Just I haven't got any. I've sown. Have I sown? Yeah, well, no, I want them so I can take them off. Yeah, I can pull them off, yeah. weed round the cabbages, yeah. and then put them back on again. You know, um, so I, I would definitely be interested in making some of those in the well, summer. I will. I will bring you what I don't need anymore. I've got some. So I bought all new seeds. I know you did. Yeah. Fed up with it, so. yeah. So but it might work for don't me. mind sometimes just, just spend the money and just get it done do you know what I mean yeah like, absolutely kind of kind of thing sometimes. especially with time being so short so, so that's the garden the yeah. only thing I have got is that um, I've got some I uh, literally neglected the strawberry plants I had in these little handmade planters I literally, I think I shoved them around the back of the chicken house and they're looking amazing yeah. so I've got like 10 strawberries which I think is nearly a row Yeah. and I'm thinking where can I put these strawberries yeah. now because they're looking too good so I might take them to the allotment and just put them yeah, in and see if they'll take their chance. I won't cover them though or anything. I haven't got the facility. I had my first strawberry last week. Really? Yep. Bloody hell, mate. Yep. Oh yeah, I suppose it is nearly that time. First ripe strawberry last week and my God, was that, is that <laughs> just the best thing? It's only, only beaten by the first ripe tomato in my opinion. Well, there we are. you're, you're <laughs> well in a game with me on that. But even if I just plant them in, they're in, you know, and then it might be that going forward I might end up moving them again or whatever. Yeah. But I... It would be nice to do something with them rather than just yeah. them be wasted, you know. Again, go, you know, if I wasn't doing the beans, I think they would do really well in that Tesco crate bed because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're off the ground, yeah. not as much slug damage. Yeah. And oh, I mean, how many strawberries you get in a Tesco crate? Four? Probably four. Maybe yeah, probably five. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's quite a lot of strawberries, isn't it, then? Suddenly yeah. that becomes worthwhile, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, that's what I've been doing with regards to. Fruit and veg. So can I can I talk a little bit about because obviously we went away last week and I know you spent a day away at least didn't you? I don't know if you were away longer than that, but I was away. Uh, I, I was away at my mum and dad's. Oh, yeah. So I, I went to visit a friend of mine. Just well, stayed in the hotel near their place for a couple yeah. of nights, and um, had a really nice time. Lovely. I was thinking about trying to prepare for that, yeah. and it was kind of I used it as a dry run because in the summer we're going away for two weeks. Yeah, that's a lot, man. Um, and obviously with it being as dry and hot as it's been, I was thinking like. Everything's gonna fry. Like, Everything's gonna die. I'm, I literally, I was, you know, like genuine. I was only going for forty-eight hours, you know, <laughs> for a long time. But it was kind of like, how am I gonna? So I spent a lot of my time just trying to figure that out. So one of the things I did was shape a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've made every sure everything was really well watered before I went. And I had a plan. Asked my father-in-law if he would pop in if it was really dry to to water. And water these ones first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Prioritize again. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah. Um, but. In terms of planning for the holiday, in the summer, are you going away this summer or not? Sure I'm going away for a week, yeah. which is different than going away for two weeks. I've got a fortnight down in Cornwall planned, yeah. right? So I've got. Oh, are you trying to ask me something? No, I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I am. I am. I'm trying to ask you what. It's because other people have this problem as well, right? Yeah. 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 
Um, and it's probably a segment all for itself at some point along the way. But I'm thinking about how do you prepare yeah. for being away on holiday? Yeah, because obviously, usually, you know, I might have gone away abroad for a couple of weeks or yeah. whatever. And yeah. I think knowing that if, if I knew I was going away abroad for a couple of weeks, yeah. I probably wouldn't do quite what I do tomato-wise and things like that. The things yeah. that are really high maintenance. I might even take a punt and take the plastic off my greenhouse if I knew I was going to be away for that long because they are the things that will just absolutely die in a week yeah. without water and yeah. if they get so hot. Yeah. Um, but likewise, you know, it's one of the joys of living in a temperate climate. Mm. We can have two weeks in August which are absolutely freezing <laughs> and filth me, yeah. and all that would survive would be what was in the greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so obviously thinking before you go away, of the weather is massively important yeah. and, and even though we berate our weathermen and women in this country that right. quite often they do get it quite yeah, all right accurate, you know um, and so you there's an element that you would have to do before you even started sowing mm. and before you started planning knowing that you're going to be away now I'm really lucky in that I've got family all come round yeah. because quite often we don't bring all of our because we've got livestock as well as the plants yeah, course, which yeah, are more yeah. you know more in yeah. need of care and attention yeah. Um, you know, the quail and the chickens, they need daily care, nearly. Yeah. I mean, you can probably get away with one night with a chicken, yeah. chickens if they're topped up, you know. Yeah. But um, daily care for the others, yeah. especially in the heat. Um, and so I've got someone who'll come around and check those. Yeah. And obviously it's, you know, quick pro quo, they're, they're going to take yeah. the vegetables, yeah, they're course, taking yeah. the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I've got neighbours who are happy to do that with their kids because it's mm. just fun. Yeah. You know, and yeah. what what might be half an hour for them in the morning, we go and pick some fruit or vegetables and see if there's any eggs in the thing. You know, yeah. that's why we do it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I would much rather come back to something where it's viable, having had someone come in and deal with it. If I didn't have that, I think I'd probably look to set up some form of automated system if I had to, because I'd rather do that. Even if it was a leaky hose, mm. I'd rather do that than not have anything. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, obviously, I've got somebody coming in to look after the chickens and the pets and that. But the allotment's different, isn't it? The allotment's different. The allotment's less of an issue because of the way they'll set it up is things that won't mind too much no. if it's a bit dry. I just swapped numbers, though, with a fella at my allotment. Yeah. And I said, look, if I'm ever, if you're ever away or yeah. you can't get there, let me know That's and I'll come shout. and... Cause, and it's the guy who's next to me. Yeah. You know, and it's like... Yeah. And even if all you do is, like, free watering cans on these plants yeah. just so they don't die yeah. yeah and I thought do you know what and then I can do that for you That's if you're away yeah and allotment holders are pretty good like that aren't they you know what I mean they're pretty yeah. good at helping each other out normally yeah um, so it's actually the guy who's got the other half of mine and uh, I think he kind of got his allotment in a kind of you know a drunken night at a pub someone said do you want an half an allotment he's like yeah 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 and then when I'm you know when, when I was chatting to him he was like I don't know why I, I don't know how I've got an allotment <laughs> chatting away but he likes going out there and doing it and he was saying he's got a very young child actually at the moment so him and his wife take turns if they want a bit of space to go yeah. up and, and do something even even though they're not that you know green fingered or it hasn't yeah. been part of their growing up or whatever they just both enjoy having the space and the time and hopefully somewhere to bring the kids as they grow up as well you know um, so I, I would look at the automated systems yeah. and then like you're saying it's almost it's almost you almost need someone to go and pick produce because mm-hmm. you know if you let Monge 2 or beans start to uh, mature yeah. they'll stop producing yeah. Yeah. so it, you know there's not many people who 
who, who are not that interested in going in and getting the food bit. Mm, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And even if that's all they did and, oh, why are you there? Turn that hose on and, and yeah, you yeah. know that it's going to go and, yeah. you know, spread around. That would be, that's all right, isn't it? Well, that's, that's, that's probably what I'm going to have to do. I, I, my father-in-law's been really good about looking after the pets, but it feels a bit like taking a mick, asking him to do the watering. To do all the watering, yeah. Um, and he, he did do it this weekend for me. But I Or you can pay someone. Well, that's a good shout as well. Um, and that's something that my kids have both done yeah. for one of our colleagues right. who we play in a band with, Nick. Yeah. Um, when he went away on holiday, he paid my daughter, who, and we only live up the road, yeah. and that was just like a little summer job for a week. Okay. And, you know, it's like a little cash and hand thing, just go yeah, up and have a look, water all the plants, water all the pots. He showed her how to do it once. She did it for two weeks. I think it cost him 20 quid or something stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then when he came back, he knew everything in his greenhouse would be alive. And, yeah. you know, to be honest with you, they're the kind of little jobs that I did when I was young. Yeah. And you probably did the same, you know. So finding someone who is reliable and wants to earn a bit of pocket money, it's not, not a bad idea. And they could, they could um, you know, pick the eggs up and... Mm. Whatever, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, like you said, if it was a week, I wouldn't worry about it because it's a fortnight. Fortnight's, like, a, fortnight's a bit much. Fortnight's a lot worse. Fortnight's a bit much if it's really hot. Yeah. If it's really wet, it's actually not a problem. No. If it's a fortnight of heat with yeah. no water, you are actually, you're going to get some fatality there. Well, right if now. it could be wet here and hot where I am, that'd be yeah, fine. that'd be nice. Yeah. Or, as my dad says, why rain in the day? Why yeah, doesn't yeah. it just rain at night? Yeah. Rain it every night, sunny every day. I think he's missing how it works. Absolutely yeah. spot on, I thought. That's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Loads of rain every night, yeah. lovely sunshine every day. Yeah. Everyone's won. <laughs> Come back near the machete to get back in your front door. <laughs> so so that, that's what's happening with the fruit and veg. Yeah, so what about any, any other stuff you've been doing like in the, in the woods at all? Or you've been preserving? Oh, man, it's, yeah, been, or... it's been mega. I've been rushed off my feet. Um... I put a photo up for people. I've been doing some stuff on bees. Yeah, oh yeah. I went and checked the colonies. One of them either had been pushed over or knocked over or blown over. But um, when I got there, one was completely starved out or gone or dead or escaped or whatever. And then one was doing okay because luckily it had fallen over and the bees were still able to get out. But they were completely reorientated. So when I opened it, the queen cells were hanging the wrong way down, things like that. Or cups, there were a few cups in it. So I just tried to make good out of that. I just opened all the hives out, created a walkaway split. I put half an inch. I couldn't find it. So walkaway split, mate. So if you want to increase your bees, what you can do, if you can't find the queen, Mm. as long as you can find either eggs or queen cells, which are under three days old, the bees can rear them as queens. Now, they're not the best queens. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. If you can find queen cells, that's probably better, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they're still queen cells. Yeah. If you just literally create two colonies, divide up all of the resources in the hive um, amongst two hives, mm-hmm. and then walk away from it, it is likely that they will rear... The one that's not queen right will rear a queen. Yeah. And even if there's more than one queen cell, you know, if you've missed one or whatever, the natural course of events will take place, you know. And you're probably not going to get a good honey return of no, that hive. No. But what I was trying to do was to keep our stock level high. Yeah, yeah. because we started the year with 12 colonies and we opened it to 18 and we've been battered over winter, haven't we, this year? Well, yeah. Because I've, I've, we've obviously lost a couple here um, and I went up to our, the other outlet apiary that we keep and in those two boxes, very, very similar story of not any sign of them being queen right. No. Plenty of bees. One of them even had a super of honey, which they must have yeah, at least really. partially collected this yeah. this spring. 
Yeah, um, and all, I did find evidence in one of them of, of queen cells that have been chewed out from the side, which would suggest that the queen has hatched and Destroyed dispatched the, animals, the, yeah. the, the, the larvae. And then before so they, they might have swarmed. Hatched. They might have swarmed. It's probably they swarmed, yeah. yeah. I, think we're, I think like all things, you know, we're trying to juggle and balance our priorities. And yeah. we, we, keep, we keep high excess hives because of the way we keep bees, and we, we know that. Yeah. But I haven't seen any swarms this year. You know, I haven't dealt no. with any swarms. And I've got other friends who are catching them and over fist yeah. at the moment, yeah. even just down in Eastbourne. So yeah. Yeah. I think this year we are trying to in, get our stock back to where we want. So we've, both, we've got an excess of honey as well, haven't we? That's well, the that's a, I've actually stopped selling my honey because I'm concerned about our, our honey production this year. I mm. think we can expect to have a pretty low year for honey production. Yeah, so, so um, having but, that bit of surplus. Yeah, so keeping that surplus back rather than selling it off. Two is one, yeah. one is done. Yeah, yeah, or 48 is 48. <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt with that <laughs> yeah, one, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing is we found in one of the other colonies here, obviously we lost two, but we went in one of the others uh, just over probably 10 days ago now, I suppose. Um, and in there we found um, queen cells. The box was completely rammed to the yeah. top. So much so that literally we took the excluder off and ripped a queen cell open in the process. Yeah. It was just rammed right to the yeah. top. Um, so managed to find queen cells in there. Managed to find a queen. So wow. we did an artificial swarm with that. So we took the queen out with, again, with some brood and some stores and some bees, put that in a box. Yeah. Um, and that, 10 days later, is still flying. There's bees flying in and out of that one. So it looks like that's been good. Um, there's still lots of activity in the mother hive, which suggests that they've not swarmed out either, which is really good. Yeah. Um, we also then, because we found multiple queen cells on, on many different frames, took one of the frames out with the queen cells on, put that in a box, and made another split, the way you're talking about with a walk away, but with yep. queen cells in there. So you know that the possibility of their queen, right? So how many did you take from one hive? We took, I think we took a queen... From from they took the queen on one, yeah. put that in. We then took two queen cells on one frame, put that in. Mm -hmm. We left the rest in the mother hive. So you're going three out. So of we've one. split three out of one. So obviously the stocks are low, the numbers of bees are low. I'm not yeah. expecting that now to produce any honey this year. No, and if you had hives which had surplus bees or surplus stores or surplus emerging brood, you could build up as many queen cells as you've got into little nukes, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, sort of expansion if, model kind if, of idea. Yeah, and if yeah. if that's early enough in the season, which yeah, it is, it is still yeah, yeah, by a long way. Yeah, so so I'm actually thinking that I'm going to have a go at doing some queen rearing this week. Okay. So I've got some bits, the bits we got. A couple have of you got them? Got them. Oh, I saw it because I couldn't yeah. find them. I was looking for them. So I'm, I'm I'm thinking that um, I've been looking into it, and I'm thinking that we're probably going to try and do ten. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then we'll see. All right. Did you look in Ted Hooper's Guide to Bees and Honey? No, but I will. So in Guide to Bees and Honey, there is. A queen rearing chapter in there, yeah. and it's one for someone who's got two hives, one for someone who's got ten hives, yeah. and one, and the one for someone who's got ten hives. I really got it because it looked like it would fit in with how we okay. would want to do it, right. um, and it looked quite simple and yeah. something that we could definitely okay. have a go at. Um, I, I've seen loads of different ways of doing it, yeah. um, but definitely having all the equipment there that you need is definitely yeah, yeah. the way forward, yeah. isn't it? You know. Um, so I'll have a look at that tonight then. I know I need to order a few bits, which I'll do tonight. Um, and then assuming they come in time, we'll do it on Friday. Yeah, okay. Assuming the weather's reasonable, it looks like it should be this yeah. week. So. And we know that we've got quite a lot of bees in one particular spot. So yeah. we will be moving hives at some point. We need to do that sooner rather than later, actually, because yeah. where they are is not ideal. So there's one... It caused a bit of an issue last There's time. one at least up at the, the farm. Yeah. And then maybe... 
Another one at Arlington. Well, I've got I've got two to go out there to the farm there. Right. I think, and so, then and then the fruit farm maybe because we well, we had we had that sorted and then obviously yeah. COVID hit and we all it all went a bit asunder. But there's that other farm. Well, I'm thinking about definitely just, taking there. I'm thinking about just moving them from where they are, like two hundred yards mm. up the drive. Yeah, and just put them outside the window there yeah. for the time being. I know it potentially causes problems with bees returning, but we've when we've done it in the past, it's never been a problem. Uh, we so, manage it, don't we? So, so that's the the bee thing. We know we know that for for a lot of people, it's a people are interested in keeping bees, and I think we will have a whole episode about beekeeping at some yeah. point because it's it's one of the hardest things to talk about. You, you have to kind of be seen it. You have to show. Yeah, you have to yeah, show yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it, it, you need to work alongside someone or. You need to you need to develop a kind of bit more. It's very hard to picture some of the things we're talking I about. I think it's really important that what we're trying to do is to encourage people to have an interest in it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert beekeeper. I'm not going to pretend that I know it all. Um, but if we can encourage other people to try, or yeah. to find out, or to you know, and certainly happy to answer questions to the best of our ability. Yeah, and and, 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 and just to throw out there, if I was going to start keeping bees and I didn't have an, a lot of money. Mm. I would either keep bees in a top bar hive yeah. or a ware hive, yeah. which is a French model yeah. with, where you don't put foundation in it. Yeah. It's like little boxes yeah. that stack on top of each other yeah. and you just put wooden things in it and, yeah. and the bees build. It's probably harder to manage once you get going, but that's yeah. definitely what I would do. And you end up with like these tower blocks. I think the top bar hive's a really good shout. Because you can make your own, make your own top bar hive. Out of not much. I reckon I could make a top bar hive out of a Tesco crate. <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I tell you what, there'd be a lot of ways in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the bees. Yeah. But the other thing I've, I, um, that, that I've done a little, before we go on to another section after yeah. this, is I have been up at the woods and, you know, again, it just shows how things move on in that, we were we were coppicing, and then I've had a few weeks where I haven't been able to go to the woods, and like suddenly it's June, mm. you know, and the sweet chestnut is out now. It's mm. looking beautiful up there. I have yeah. to say, absolutely beautiful. It's lovely to see the new growth on the woods that we mm. cut in yeah. January. But what I've realised is that there's a reason why people also cut and split firewood in the winter. It is so hot, mate. This week I was sweating, right? Oh, yeah. And obviously we're cutting uh, birch and sweet chestnut for firewood. And I know now that that won't be for this winter. It will yeah. be for the winter after. Yeah. 18 months probably. I might get away with the birch, getting the moisture content down yeah. in that because it's all split yeah. and it's in this direct sun. So, you yeah. know, it could it could be okay, yeah. but I would doubt it. I mean, six yeah. months is pushing it for, yeah. for birch, but it might be all right by kind of February, March time. Yeah. Yeah. But even if it has to sit there, on, on the stands for yeah. another 18 months yeah. then it should be fine yeah. um, but you just have to do jobs when you can mm. it's not ideal to be splitting wood in no. June no. <laughs> it's not no. it ain't. No. but it's got to be done the work's got to be done because if I don't do it now then that'll have a knock on you know for next year and seeing the copies come back up though has been magic mm. because you know when you cut the trees with the chainsaw and you're coppicing them down to a few inches it is a little bit like, what if they don't grow? I've just yeah, killed yeah, that yeah, tree. Yeah. <laughs> and this big crushing weight of stewardship yeah, right, comes on. I literally had one that was about two foot tall. It was tiny, like yeah. pencil thick. Yeah. And it got a bit like funny looking. So yeah. I just cut it down at the ground. And then again, yeah, yeah. So um, seeing all those shoots coming up um, has been lovely to see. Now, obviously, 
you know, as a copy side, what I'm trying to do now is minimise deer damage and rabbit damage yeah. and things like that, and that's really tricky. Mm. Um, we've got some dead hedging and fencing up. You know, we're by no means vermin proof. No. By no means. But it's about trying to manage it and keep mm. an eye on it. And, you know, if it becomes a problem and we have to look at methods of control for rabbits, then we'll have to do it, yeah. you know. Um, uh, you know, whether that's through fencing or hunting or eradication, we're not, yeah. not going to eradicate them or anything like that, nor would I want to, but... You know, certainly about trying to steward that bit of land yeah, for yeah. what it's for. Living in a bit of harmony with what's going on around you, I suppose. But, Absolutely, but yeah. very beautiful. But as soon as that coppice was down, you know, things that have been lying dormant mm. in the soil have just, you know, there's ferns up, there's blackberries up, there's, I think I even saw a wild raspberry coming oh, up, right. and there's loads of ground cover plants coming up now because that light is back in. And, yeah. you know, even though we were doing like probably like a third of an acre or maybe even quarter of an acre we yeah. cut um, it's already starting to look different and it looks managed and it yeah. looks like someone's working there you know which yeah. is nice you yeah. know so that's been the woods really and that's the only other big sort of thing I have done because I know we might move on to talk about well I've, I've done a bit of um, I did a bit of foraging mm. went out elderflower yeah in yesterday which is good fun nice. yeah lovely and I, I made then 10 litres of elderflower cordial it's quite a lot bro isn't it it's quite a bit but you know I quite like it mm. so that's all good are we keeping the other bits ticking over so the sourdough's been going really well um, and this warm weather really helps with that, I have to say. really helps to get that going. Uh, and I also had a bit, of a bit of a go with my side of vinegar as well, because that was getting a bit low. Well, you brought me in some of that. I'll be yeah. on that little on that little uh, trick as well. Well, well. I'm pretty sure, because I did listen back to our, our New Year's um, objectives. Not, not resolutions. No, not resolutions. No. Um, I did listen back to that, just to see how we were getting on with that. And uh, I'm afraid I failed miserably at one on one already. But anyway, I'll figure on that one another day. All right. But uh, that's not so good. But one of the things I think you said on there was about getting the cider vinegar game going. So yeah, so that's I'll, good. Right, I'll get that sorted. Make sure because I promised you some uh, some other cider mother, so I've done that. That's fixed. Well, hopefully I'll be eating the protein soon because I'll be getting out with the old pop gun and yeah. going rabbit in. They're they're nearly big enough, mate. They're nearly big enough. Yeah, and, so the, and the bees was my other big one, so I'm getting on that the allotment as well. So having a restock's a good over. idea. Right, taking over. So yeah, should we call that quits for a minute and yeah. uh, come back shortly? Yeah. Yep. Cheers. Okay, and we're back. We just thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about poultry keeping because uh, I know a lot of people out there that are on the Facebook group keep poultry ready and there's a few yeah. others that have sort of mentioned they might be interested. And So again, in our sort of style of trying to infuse people and encourage people that it is something that anyone can do, uh, as long as you've got some outdoor space, basically you can keep some sort of poultry. Yeah. Um, and so we've sort of encouraged people to do that. And you want to talk about this, Mike, so do you want to take it from here? I've got to talk first, right, oh. about oh. how nice eggs are. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we do is driven by our massive, massive appetite. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But I cannot, you know, I'm, I, and I'm going to cause so much controversy here. A fresh French bean, I'll give you, yeah? Yeah. A fresh onion, mm. a shop-bought onion and a homegrown onion. Mm. I'm not sure I would always be able to taste the difference, mm-hmm. right? I probably could with potatoes, and I yeah. definitely can with carrots, yeah. right? There are some things, though, when you have them fresh, and I mean, like, day fresh, yeah. and eggs being one of them, they are so superior. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I know that people might be able to buy eggs from where they live and, you know, down the farm and things like that. But the difference between even a small um, 
sort of operation of eggs where you mm. can feed, you know, I can feed my chickens what I want and I know what their eggs are going to look like. Yeah. And the freshness is just, it is night and day, yeah. in my opinion. And eggs are one of my favourite foods and have always been my, one of my mm-hmm. favourite foods. So how it took me so long to actually keep chickens is beyond me. Mm. But if I could encourage people to, you know, make a close association with one food, which is kind of like a step above, in my opinion, growing vegetables. Mm. It's just the next little step. It kind of is, but I think once you get past the setup, it ain't. It it's, ain't. It's much less effort and hassle than keeping the grown vegetables. Yeah. Oh, in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it becomes just part of your daily life, but it's like a really joyful bit, mm. you know. And I and I bemoan when my chickens aren't laying, mm. and I bemoan if they're going broody or whatever. Mm. But they're still they're still a, it's still an amazing thing to do is yeah. to keep a few hens in the garden, and. I'm going to say that, Pete, you do need to keep your chick. They do need to be have some access to outside. Yeah. I'm oh, not sure they're suited for an apartment. <laughs> well, no, but no, that's what I said. If you've got some outdoor space, yeah. it can be done. I think, obviously, you know, the gold standard is you want somewhere they can actually get out and they just run around your garden all day. Yeah, but and that's fair enough. Practicality were, where I live, that's not realistic. Well, I know that if there was chickens running around in your garden, they'd probably last a day. Because you've got foxes in your back garden. Foxes run through the back garden, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah so they're not going to last very long. No. So, um, and the local cats, I'm sure, have had a pop at one of them before. Absolutely. So. so it's about finding that right balance. But what I would encourage people to understand is that, and I genuinely believe that if you can keep a rabbit or a guinea pig, mm. it is that it's easier to keep a chicken than that, in my opinion. You know, yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. There are some slight differences about how you keep them, obviously. Mm. But when you're talking about the space and about the impact and about the time it takes during the day, mm. I would say that it is very comparable, you know, without shadow of a doubt. I literally do them at the same time. I've got guinea pigs and chickens. Yeah. And I'll do them both yeah. together. Absolutely. In the morning, Some know, people actually even keep them in together, but that's a bit weird for me because, you know, that's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can bung guinea pigs in. Like middle farm, mate. They have them all running around, don't they? Yeah, oh, look, his brain's ticking. Oh, no, that's not good. All right, so... Um, the reason that I wanted to talk about it now is because, yes, you can get involved in buying your eggs and incubating them and all that, but I would really encourage people who are going to start out by just buying some point-of-lay chickens, yep. and now is a really good time for mm. that. So you'll be getting chickens which are maybe, I don't know, 14 to 16 weeks and mm-hmm. just getting ready to lay their first eggs, um, and that, I think, is a really really good time to get going and I would also encourage people to probably get laying hybrids yeah because of what you know you're going to get yeah I think if you're if you're starting out you might consider going and rescuing some um, ex-battery hens or farmed hens I think second hand ones I think that if and I'll be really blunt I think that if if you've got children sometimes that can be really hard because you can get them and then they can die quite quickly you're going to get a certain amount of mortality there whereas going and picking some hybrids even though it's going to cost you more at the beginning mm. you're probably going to get a healthy vaccinated bird and you're going to get three or four years of good eggs and you can choose the colors yeah and you know they're all hens yeah. uh, so yeah. which is an a big thing isn't it yeah. um one thing that i would encourage people to do though is to just try not to buy a poultry house off the cuff because they are so expensive for what they are it's ridiculous they are bonkers money you can look, you can find, I'm on Facebook Marketplace and I see poultry houses on there. Every day there's a new one, someone getting rid of something, whatever. You might have to clean it. You might even have to patch it up, mm. right? But as a gateway, as a way in, 
I think that that is ideal. Absolutely ideal. My next door neighbour used to keep his in a wardrobe. <laughs> like literally a big and I'm sort of a big wardrobe yeah. and he had perches in it and then he built a framed run coming yeah. off of that and then he yeah. would let them out and stuff yeah. like that so the questions that people ask a lot is maybe what you need and how much space as well yeah, yeah. so I think that's only fair and it's it's not um, unusual for laying hybrids laying hybrids are basically just hens which have been developed to lay lots of eggs but yeah. they're based on the old fashioned strains they've just yeah. had yeah. they've just had broodiness which is when the hen wants to sit on eggs sort of uh, bred out of them and so and they're going to lay anything from sort of 280 to 320 eggs a year aren't they uh, yeah range. absolutely so you're looking at more or less nearly an egg a day yeah, yeah. so if you've got three three eggs a day yeah. you know and Definitely i would encourage yeah. yeah and i would encourage people to not keep two hens I would encourage them to either keep four or three. Yeah. And that's what that's where I used to sit because then you're never introducing new birds to just one bird. Yeah. So as you know, if you get into it and you've got to replenish your stock. Some people can keep far more than that, but yeah. you know, for me that was a good happy move. And also that was, you know, for a family like mine, three eggs and then three eggs on one day, three eggs the next day, three eggs the next yeah. day, three eggs the next day. Yeah. That was enough for us. Yeah. You know. So if you can try to look for a cheaper source of housing and it doesn't need to be that complicated in my opinion mm. try to find the right thing for you and you can buy off the peg but it is so expensive i mean they're crazy the money well, I, I, I bought a garden shed for half what you pay for a chicken house yeah for the size of the number of birds yeah. i've got and i've just got a, like a five by seven garden shed yeah I keep mine in, in, keep mine in that one thing i would say is that if you're going to have a, any kind of enclosure for the chickens which yeah. you live in town is probably the way you'll have to go to keep your chickens so yeah. you know where they are. Um, then I would recommend covering it. Yeah, absolutely. It's made such a difference and since me. we put the new one in, covered yeah, it. And me. Because uh, when it gets wet, if you can imagine a mixture of mud and straw or sawdust or wood chip, whatever you put down, and chicken feces, yeah. uh, and when, what that smells like when it gets wet, it's not pleasant. No. Whereas if <laughs> you can keep it dry... Yeah. There's a very well-versed method of keeping chickens on deep litter where, yeah. you know, the sun and the air get to it. They are constantly scratching around. You're putting in yeah. either chopped straw or anything else like earth or bark chip down or mulch. Yeah. And Most it just gives... Yeah, and it just naturally breaks down. And there is no smell. There's certainly yeah. no um, kind of um, acid chemical or ammonia for their feet no. or anything like that. And it's like quite a good way. So it's not, you know, my chickens aren't free range they can't go where they want whenever they want because I, they would last a day you know um, so mine are in mine are in a elevated house which was a tree house yeah um, not a tree house like a garden slide yeah. tree house yeah, thing, no, yeah. yeah, um, yeah and so nice. I then converted the what the, what would have been the bit where the slide came down from and covered it with pallet wood and they sleep in there and then they've got a ramp Mm. which goes down, which they are more than capable of climbing, mm. you know, and it's quite a high-pitched ramp, yeah. down into an enclosed run. And the enclosed run is probably two by four metres. No, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it probably is nearly that. Yeah. might be a slight bit smaller, maybe, yeah, maybe one and a half by three and a half metres or something like that. And I keep bantams, which are about the, maybe a third of the size of full-size hens, mm. and I've got six in there, and they're happy as Larry. They're lost in it, if I'm honest. I wouldn't probably keep more than three or four full-size hens in it just yeah. because of the how big, how much bigger they are. Yeah. But there are local poultry suppliers, if you just Google them, mm. you'll be able to go and find someone 
who is selling point of lay hens. So that's, that's what you're going to Google point of lay hens. Yeah, Google point of and lay hens. And you're going to try and find a local supplier. That's right. And and go and go and have a look and find out. They've all got different temperaments, but yeah. it's such a joy keeping them. And then if I'm in the garden, I let them out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and they can have a route around. And yeah, they might peck the odd leaf here and there, but um, it's not too bad. And, you know, I can manage it, but they have got such amazing characters as well. You know, I'd much rather sit and watch them than, you know, guinea pigs or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. But that's just my preference. Yeah. But I would really, really encourage people to think it's not beyond you. You know, I don't think the feed is that bad. You know, I buy I buy my layers pellets. You yeah. can buy corn. Um, you're looking at about £8 for a 20 kilo sack of that. Yeah, I think if you go to some of the sort of better known suppliers, it'll cost you a bit more, but I recommend seeking out the farm. Farm suppliers. Farm suppliers or countryside suppliers. And, and you'll have them in town as well. Yeah, no, yeah. 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 Or you can even buy online, but you'll pay. And then you really just need a drinker and a feeder. Yeah. And that is about it. And I mean, some sort of grit, I suppose. If they're not on the ground, yeah. yeah. But I mean, they will pick it up if they're out on on, on ground. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I like to advocate buying a little book on the subject. But there are there's so so much information on the web about keeping poultry, yeah. and it really is a gateway. I think it's a real gateway because. It takes it past just fruit and vegetables. You are into protein, aren't you? Yeah. And if you then start to get into keeping poultry and you do want to start to incubate and raise your own livestock, you do then have the option if you want to get into raising some meat for the table. Yeah. And it's quite a good way in. I think it's not a bad way in yeah. um, of, of raising birds for the table um, and having control over what they're fed and how they're treated and things like that. And quite rightly... It has been much maligned, the chicken in our country, hasn't it? You know, yeah, and how it's been kept and, and, and absolutely. And actually, although my chickens aren't free ranging, they've got plenty of space. Yeah, uh, they've got access to indoors and outdoors. They're safe. Um, they, they're going to have a really nice long life. Yeah, living yeah. where they are. You know, I've yeah. got a hen that's probably five years old still laying. Yeah, you know? um, and that's unusual, really, to yeah. be fair. But yeah. you know, she's doing well. And I think you can think creatively about your, your shelter. Yeah. And that could be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't need to be a, like a chicken house. It doesn't need to look... No, it could be... I mean, there are... In fact, the bigger your chicken house is, the easier it is when you get in situations like we have recently with the, the avian flu. Yeah. And the lockdown, I was able to say, it's not ideal. But, but mine are in. Mine are in. They, yeah. they, are, they are... Nothing else can get in there. Actually, happy. I could let them outside if I want to. Mm. I, I could leave them in the shed if I wanted yeah. to. And just shut the door yeah. for that. They'll be, they'd get by. Yeah. Um, so the bigger your, your indoor space is probably the better I would say, yeah I agree and then obviously in terms of feed you need something to rodent proof the feed and that's one of the things I would say yeah that's what I was just about to say corn. yeah so if you keep chickens you do need to have some quite solid procedures about getting the food in at night not overfeeding not just leaving scraps on the floor and yeah. people keep chickens in all different ways don't get yeah. me wrong yeah. but what you, you must try and do is minimise any availability of food because you will in turn get rodent problems whether that's rats or mice and i would say that the rats and the mice are probably in and around your property anyway yeah but you just will see them if you don't maintain some good procedures about getting so i lock my chickens away every night yeah and i get their food in every night and i don't hand feed in the evening so what what i mean by hand feed is that in the morning if i've got vegetable matter from the dinner of the night before or I've got you know salad or peelings or whatever yeah. I might give that to my chickens even though you're not probably supposed to because it's not supposed to go through your home kitchen no. um, I would I would feed scraps to my birds you know or a bit of bread or something like that but I do that in the morning 
Yeah, I do the same. Yeah, so I don't feed them that in the evening. And then I lock mine up religiously, like I say, and I bring their food indoors yeah. every night. So I, what I've done is, because I've got that pitch roof on mine, mm. on the rafters, I've put a hook in there, mm. and I actually hang my feed from the hook. So do I, yeah. but I've still seen a rat get in it. Oh, I'm sure it's possible. So the only thing I could do is I could move it up, you know, like create yeah. a second loop so that yeah. it's like literally in midair. Yeah. That's, but that's for me, done, yeah. but for me, I just, um, I just, it, what, it, what it does is the, 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 the practice makes me go out, make sure they're in, shut the yeah. pop hole, get the food so, in, yeah, done. The rat would have to climb down the chain to get to mine. It's yeah. the only way it's getting yeah. there. Um, so it probably could be done, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck, good luck to you, mate. Yeah, but, yeah. Good but luck. he's got to get in there first. It's like four knocks. And, so good and, luck with that as well. Yeah. And the other thing I would suggest is. <clears throat> You know, I've kept uh, chickens in sheds before. And one of the reasons I went to what I do now is because I had rats underneath the shed. Yeah. <coughs> so if you can get away from that and get them elevated, it does make a big difference. Well, I, I had problems with rats underneath the shed until I fixed that problem, um, which was just happened to be there were a couple of lot, little bits of brick wall where I was going to put it. So that's oh, two sides oh, sorted right. out. Yeah. And then I wired down with really fine mesh right down to the, yeah. the base of the shed. Yeah. And around the bottom part of the shed, so they couldn't chew through the shed itself. <coughs> but so the only way they're getting in is underneath the concrete plinth, which one did last year. But you know, yeah. But and and going like going back to what we were talking about earlier, they're not difficult to keep. You could probably go away for a weekend and leave them, and they will be okay. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. um, as long as your food's topped up, and they have they can't if they can they they can't knock the water over. That's the problem yeah. if they do. Yeah. Again, hanging it solves that problem. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And you'll find that there's so many tips and tricks for that. Mm. And even having three hens or, you know, I just would, I would advocate not keeping two only because you're going to get an issue when yeah. one dies and you've only got one, do you get another one or whatever? But if, if that's what you can do and it's have two, funnily enough, I did keep two at the beginning. Mm. Um, if that's what you can do, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, if you've got, if you've got time, my, my first two hens were two Pekins, which are very, very small bantams. Yeah. And I kept them in an arc, which is like a triangular run. And I could do that because they didn't impact my lawn because I moved them every day. So if you can do that, that's fine. But if you have got other things on the go, it becomes something else. I have to say I would like to see them have more space than that if you could do it. We were letting them out every day. We were out letting them out for a couple of hours every day. And the other thing that I would just say is that having... You know, my eldest daughter is 18 now. I can't think of anything that we've done at home, homestead-wise, which has impacted their lives more positively no. than having poultry. You do, know, do you know what the best thing is, right? And my kids are not that bothered about the chickens anymore. Yeah. But when they get someone around, it's yeah. not been around before, they're like, have you seen that chicken? Yeah, they want to show them, don't they? They want to show them off. Well, and they want to go and then pick them up. And yes, yeah. you know. And, yeah, and, and, and Eleanor, who's, uh, you know, one of my daughters who's 18 now, she's just doing her own quail and yeah. do, and and that definitely wouldn't have happened without you know the, the process you know yeah. and she incubated them and done that but to see that love of birds and poultry and, and having that return of something really nice mm-hmm. eggs are, they're amazingly versatile as you know really good for you as well yeah um and when you can get, oh, just mate a fresh poached egg a proper fresh poached egg yeah. it is I don't, I, I don't know if I can think of anything better. Well, go out and get it in the morning or the night before, we'll bring it in and poach it straight away. That's about as good as it gets. Oh, man. Happy days. Oh, it is Breakfast so good. And, and I know that we probably are two fellas who just like eating, but... Yeah? Oh, what do you think I ever got into when, this in the first when place? I, when I was up the woods on Sunday and my friend Rob, who I do the coppicing with, who's, who's also, you know, 
on the channel and stuff. He bought some eggs and they were big old girls as well because yeah. mine are all small now, my bag yeah, of eggs, but yeah. he has got some tidy Did sizes. You see that picture up, yeah, you put that, mate. It was like an ostrich or a dinosaur. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Oh. Double yoker as well, mate. Oh, well, we my had girls those. not believe me, so I had to crack it and show them. Yes. We had, we had those, you know, for breakfast in the woods around the family. That yeah. was that's solid, mate. Yeah. That was. So if you've got any questions about poultry keeping, please ask us and don't think that you've never done it before. It's too hard. Or it's like some, it isn't that hard. And, you know, the other side of it is, is if you can get into it without, you know, spending loads of cash at the beginning and it doesn't work out, that's fine. People will always take hens from you. It's not yeah. a problem getting rid of a hen. It's not like a dog, is it? It's not, not difficult to get rid of a laying hen. No, no, sure. no, 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 no. <laughs> to be fair, I'd, we'd probably have it, would we? <laughs> We'd go anywhere in the country for a laying hen. Well, I could take a couple. There of you go. But if you, can, squeeze, if, you can, if you can find some housing, which is the biggest expenditure... I would encourage people to do it. And it would be lovely to hear over the course of this summer that someone had decided to have a go, wouldn't it? I think if you're going to do it, and you need to really think carefully about how you're going to keep the foxes out because that's going to be a problem otherwise. Yeah. Um, and, and think, you know, they're, they're smart creatures. They'll figure a way to get in if they can. Yeah. Um, but they also are smart enough to know that if they can't get in and they want an easier meal somewhere else, they'll go there. Yeah. Um, and then obviously just to be, be prepared for the rodents and, and to have a plan for dealing with that, what you're going to do when you do get because when it gets cold, you will. Yeah, um, and that's just there's yeah. no doubt about it. First proper frost of the year, you'll notice the rats have got in somehow. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I think if you, I mean, if you've got those good practices, though, mm. I don't think I don't think you'll get a problem. I, I've never had a big problem, but every year I notice them. You know, really? Yeah. Whereas I don't get one or two in. And that, you know. This last this last two years since yeah. I've been fastidious about getting yeah. the feed in yeah. and not feeding late at night yeah. and maintaining a really, I've got really clear maintenance gap around my chicken house yeah, like, and, I, and I keep that yeah. absolutely I call it line of sight right okay <laughs> well, I've, I've gone the other way and just gone if I squeeze it really tight nothing's getting alright oh, okay you've gone that way I've got it so far yeah, yeah I mean mine is mine is that I can see round it and I can manage it and yeah. there's no way to get in without so crossing ground basically <laughs> but there's nowhere to hide you know yeah. and, and, and there's nowhere to burrow and there's yeah. nowhere to go and and I'm sure, you know, I live in the countryside, I'm sure that around it there are, you know, mice and rats and all sorts awesome. of things and squirrels and yeah. you name it. But the thing that I see more in my chicken house than anything else is sparrows coming in to have a go in the food, you know? No. Well, they probably only get in through mine because there's a, used to be where you climbed up the climbing frame and there's some holes in the back there, you know. So please have a think about it. And um, like I say, if you've got any questions about it, there's loads of poultry keepers now on our little growing number yeah, of followers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's lovely to see people talking about it and trying to, you know, extol virtues of... Perhaps we should have a little, little, like, little challenge of like, the best-dressed hen. Oh, no, mate. I'm going to lose. Pre- prettiest hen. I'm going to lose yeah, that. Prettiest so hen picture. Mine are all molting. Mine are all molting. Oh, I don't care. It's got to be one of your hens. It's got to be a picture you took in the week after this. Get it up on the old Facebook. We'll do Get it. your hens out. Get your hens out. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do we do a little braiding or something? I don't know. We'll figure something out, but <laughs> it'll be a bit of a laugh, won't it? Get your hens out. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad it's hens, mate. Get your hens out, and uh, and I will take a photo of mine. I've got some good-looking hens. Have you? I have. There is no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Absolutely. I might tell my, my favourite, one of my favourite ones is proper scruffy, scrappy-looking thing. She's winning. Really? And she's not winning the beard contest. Oh, no. right. Well... Anyway, let's call it a day for there, mate. Thank right, you mate. so much, everyone, for your support and for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, it's so nice to see people putting stuff on the Facebook and interacting. It really is. So if you're not already in the Facebook group, please... And if you're someone who's shy because you think everyone does more stuff than you, but you've got a really good plant, just take a photo of yeah, it and put it on. I think there's people who are sitting back in the shadows, mate. Definitely. They're just, they're just looking. 
they yeah. don't want to share yeah. but we um, want to see what you're up and to and also it's a really positive environment so all you're going to get is positive you know, comments and encouragement hopefully and hopefully people that are on there feel that but certainly from my perspective I feel like it's really encouraging, really encouraging environment so please if you're not on there get on there if you are on there and you're not posting please post just show us what you've been up to get your hands out get your hands <laughs> out let's see your hands get, get, some, your, I'll get a little thread going on that tonight I've got to start that one off I'm going I'm yeah. to get mine out now yeah yeah right and, you yeah. ain't going to beat one of mine man no Speckle, she's proper good looker. Yeah, yeah. I've got chipmunk, mate. No, yeah. Chipmunk? What kind of a name's that? She looks like a chipmunk, which is a, which is a chick. <laughs> so the kids call her chipmunk. Chickmunk. Chipmunk. Oh, mate, that is terrible. Like chipmunk mark is on her back. Anyway. I don't even know what one are all called. I'm sure the kids have got names from somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, please please do go on Facebook. Tell your, tell your friends about us. Tell everyone about us. Share us on your social media. Let's try and build this channel and let's try and build this community. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will speak to you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.